L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific 6 Eastern. It's Thursday on this show. I know date is today, but we got a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about here today. AEW to NXT. I finally watched all of NXT 2.0, but I think we'll talk about AEW first. It was the better show by, like, miles. And it's also the go-home show for the Full Gear pay-per-view coming up this weekend. We've got a number of matches announced for that show, and it's taking place Saturday night. And I'll be heading down to San Jose, California, where Dave and I are going to watch the first two hours of Full Gear. Then we're going to jump in the car and go to New Japan Battle in the Valley. Then we're going to jump in the car and go back to his house to watch the final hour and a half of the Full Gear show. Then we are going to do a radio show about it, and then I'm going to get on an airplane and fly back home for a very, very busy weekend. We'll be back Sunday night, normal schedule as well. So it's going to be quite the weekend. We'll go over all of the matches scheduled for the show and also talk about the rest of the news. The Dynamite Show, NXT 2.0, the ratings for NXT 2.0, which uh, they are what they are. That's what they are for every show, obviously the exception being the third hour of Raw, which is going to die from this point forward. But we'll talk about all of that here today. We'll take your feedback at 425-780-7566. That's a text message line, by the way, 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com, at Brian Alvarez on Twitter. And in the main event of today's show, we will be joined by Michael Kingston. No relation to Eddie Kingston, although we can talk about it if you want to. He's going to be joining us. He has a new... Headlocked Tales from the Road Volume 2 Kickstarter campaign, which ends tonight. It's already exceeded its goal, so the it will be created, but you can always continue to, to donate. It's at 27195 right now. We'll talk about that here today and everything else he's up to. 
So that's coming up later on, and we'll be back to kick off the show after the break. Wrestling Observer Live. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Back here on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. You guys all know what the term ribbing on the square means? I do. Let's say that Mike has got a, uh, let's pretend he's got a cone head, all right? So we're doing this thing or whatever, and we're arguing back and forth, and I talk about how Bro, your hat can barely balance on that cone head. Ho, 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 I'm just joking, but I'm not. I don't like his cone head. That's what ribbing on the square means. Was that a good, it was a horrible analogy. It was a horrible but analogy. I didn't want to actually say what you're horrible at, Mike, so I tried to be a nice guy. Now go ahead, do it. So anyway, uh, th- I bring this up because during an appearance on the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, Becky Lynch addressed her real-life issues with Charlotte Flair and built up their match at Survivor Series. Speaking on the podcast, Lynch was asked about the confrontation with Charlotte. She says, I don't know, man. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk. All I'll say is the locker room needs a hero sometimes, and sometimes somebody's got to be a hero. I'm all right being that hero. That's all I'll say on the matter. Of course, then she said more. 
They asked if it was more difficult to face somebody who you were having issues with in real life. And she says, oh, yeah, 100% more difficult. Yeah, that's the thing. When you've got two people that are wanting to work together to make magic, you make magic. Sometimes when there's hostility, when you can't trust the person, then you never know what's going to happen. You always have to be on guard. It's like a game of chess. You have to be thinking two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. What are they going to do? How am I going to handle it? If they do this, if they do that, whatever. This business is built on trust. It's built on working together. That's the art of it. That's the beauty of it. If I make you look good, you make me look good. It's an art. It's a beautiful art. It's an art I love more than anything. If people don't know how to make that art, it becomes difficult. It becomes tricky, and you never really get the full potential. But there's intrigue there, too, because we never know. Was this meant to happen? Was that not meant to happen? What's going to go down? There's interest in both ways. One way, it's a beautiful pure art of pro wrestling, and the other way, it's a bit of a S show. So we'll see what happens. Guys, remember when they had that deal with the belt where they were told to swap these belts and it was stupid and everyone knew it was stupid and then they go out on television and they had a kerfluffle and ended up really upset and then they went to the back and they they had a screaming match at Gorilla and et cetera, et cetera. You guys remember that story. And what did I what did I tell you afterwards? I said they what they're gonna do is they're gonna try to turn this into a storyline. And they're going to try to convince you that all of this was planned from the beginning. Now we've got this interview where she's not ribbing on the square, but there's a, there, is a, there is a stark reality to some of this, okay? There is a reality to the fact that there's a lot of issues between these two people, and we saw them play out on television. But it is abundantly clear that they are using this now to build up Survivor Series. And I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, okay? But I read this interview, and I hearkened back to Raw on Monday, and they had that video package for Survivor Series. And what was the, what was the Survivor Series video package on Sunday focused on, or on Monday? Why, it was focused on Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart from 1997. And what did they say? You never know. I forget the exact line, but it was like, you never know what's going to happen at Survivor Series. Something's always going to happen. I thought, my God, it's 2021. And I don't know what it's going to be. But, like, this is Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, where Bret and Shawn also got into a much more violent backstage fight, I might add. They got a brawl, and Bret yanked out his hair, and Sean said he was quitting and going to World Championship Wrestling, and he walked out, and he claimed an unsafe working environment. And lo and behold, they ended up back together. And even though they they hated each other, they were professionals, and they were all planning to go in there and having a match at Survivor Series, which they did, by the way, and it was a good match. And then we had the famous Montreal screw job, and I don't need to go into all of that, but Something's happening, I believe, at the Survivor Series in this Becky Lynch-Charlotte Flair match where I think that they're going to try to convince you that they're shooting or something or some screw job or some this or some that. I mean, it's coming. And this, to me, this, to me, was, was building it up. Have you ever been in a position, Brian, to try to make magic with somebody that you're working with and... You have trouble with that. You know what that's like? 
Anyway. Of course I know what that's like, Mike. <laughs> Look, what do you expect? What, what do you want out of them? They might as well do I don't this. want anything out of them. They're doing exactly what I expected they would do. Exactly. They, prob- they probably should. Up until we get to the 1997 Survivor Series teases. That's where I can draw the line. Of course, they're going to market this based on these two and what happened. You might as well. It was a, a real-life thing that happened. People know it's actually something that, you know, is based in reality that people can wrap their brains around and sink their teeth into. So I don't blame it all for, for doing this. Um, to make teases to 1997, I wouldn't because <laughs> it's, you know, look, this is 25 years ago, you know, and on top of that, it wasn't it wasn't a memorable it's not a good thing to remember the survivor series and i'm sure it is for them and i know it's taken on a life of its own in multiple ways but no thanks i don't want to watch to see maybe somebody get screwed over or wait for the rug to be pulled out at the end of a match or something like that i just want to see those two have a great match with each other and i hope that's not the direction that they go maybe that's what they do maybe they can't help themselves but i I don't see how almost any scenario doesn't end with fans eye-rolling or, you know, whatever. We'll see. But I don't think that's what fans want out of that. It's not what fans want out of Bianca being involved in the match. not what fans want out of a lot of people being involved in matches. Just give me the really good match. And, you know, I guess you can tease some of this stuff. But if it happens, you know, if that's the execution, I don't know. Maybe it ought to be executed. We have got uh, NXT ratings, 603,000 viewers, down 4.4%. Lowest audience for the show since being rebranded, 18 to 49.15. It's basically the same numbers they do every week. Do I need to talk about it more? No? no? Okay. We got full gear coming up this weekend. We'll talk about AEW after the break and uh, NXT 2.0 as well. We have Kenny Omega Hangman Page for the AEW title as your main event. Britt Baker versus Ty Conti for the women's title. Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the tag titles. Miro versus Brian Danielson in the Eliminator Tournament. MJF versus Darby Allen. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Inner Circle versus the American Top Team. Cody and Pac versus Andrade and Malachi Black. And the pre-show has Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Karushin and Thunder Rosa. Somebody asked yesterday what's going to be the best match on the show. And uh, I think that, like, as far as, like, what's going to get the most stars, I think it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page or Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. I'm sure that Miro and Brian Danielson is going to be awesome. I'm sure that Inner Circle and American Top Team, everyone's going to be talking about that the next day. Because these MMA fighters, holy smokes. It's like... (laughs) There's so much heat, and it's such an easy storyline, but there's a lot of people that can't work in this match. And so we're going to find out how well everybody else can work. And thankfully, it's a street fight, so you can, like, brawl all over the place and everything like that. But, uh, man, Jericho was getting hammered on by somebody last night. I forget the guy's name, as always, but... uh... Is it Austin Vanderford, or is that the other bloke? I think it's the other dude. Anyway, but, yeah. he's throwing these these forearms, and it's like, you don't want him to kill Chris Jericho, but, like, he's trained to kill Chris Jericho. Not Chris Jericho personally, but you're asking a guy who's, who's like, his, his goal in training 
is to like break the dummy when you're laying in those forearms. Now he's got to go lay in the forearms with Jericho not kill the guy. So he goes the extreme other way, and there's just air everywhere. And it wasn't bad. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're missing this here or there. The fans, they want to see the match and the story. They know they're not getting, like, a five-star match. They just want to see, you know, these blokes get theirs. And I'm sure they're going to get it. One bloke in particular, Dan Lambert. Back in a moment, Observer Live. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we had the go-home show for AEW. And if you're a fan of wrestling, boy, have I got the show for you. There was so much good wrestling on the show. Brian Danielson beat Rocky Romero. Excellent pro wrestling match. Used the Tequila Sunrise finish. Great back and forth with submission attempts, arm bars, etc. Excellent match. We had a brawl with the Inner Circle and American Top Team where the heels laid him out. And uh, the heels have vowed that Chris Jericho will be pinned at the pay-per-view by Dan Lambert. And tonight they said he's going to submit him. And so Lambert puts him in what he describes as a Boston Crab from Pro Wrestling from Florida in 1975. And uh, the heels took Jericho's arm and made him tap. Jericho did not tap to this Boston Crab, I might add. They, uh, they made him tap, but it was a great, great heat angle for the show. Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Anna Jay beat Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. Too much Rebel in this match, especially when you had Jamie Hayter on the team. It was, it was not as bad. Get ready for people to get mad. It was not as bad as the opener on NXT, but it was not good. But they kept it quick. Jungle Boy beat Anthony Bowens. Very, very good match. Anthony Bowens is great. Jungle Boy is great. Snare trap finish. And then Bobby Fish ran out. Bobby Fish has now been sent out by Adam Cole, of all people, to take out Jungle Boy. They will be wrestling on Rampage on Friday. We had Wardlow squashing Wheeler Yuta. Hey, listen, if you love squashes, it's hard to screw them up. Unless you're on NXT 2.0. 
they screwed up a squash match on that show. But anyway, <laughs> it was a uh, squash match. And then the Hardy family office beat up uh, Orange Cassidy. So it is uh, it is Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy Friday in a Lumberjack match, a match originally scheduled for the pay-per-view. Now it's going to be on Rampage. Leo Rush and Dante Martin beat Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. This was a very, very good match. You had Dante and Lee Moriarty as the young guys just doing all this crazy high-flying, which looked awesome but not exactly polished. And then Leo Rush and Matt Seidel are polished. They got in there. Man, this was some good stuff here. And Dante hit the double springboard moonsault pin Moriarty. Very good match. Pac and Dax Harwood probably had the best match on the show. They had everything in this match. They had they had violence, physical violence. Dax's chest is bleeding everywhere. Pac hit him with a top rope high angle brain buster, which... I don't know if I want to see that mat, that move in every Pac match because someone's going to get killed. And finally, at the end, Pac put him in the Brutalizer. And the moment he puts him in this hold, Dax furiously submits because he doesn't want to get hurt prior to the match on Saturday night. And then the lights went out. Cash Wheeler, Malachi Black, Andrade all beat down Pac. Cody and the Lucha Brothers made the save. So we have a match for the pay-per-view. And then the main event was the Kenny Omega Hangman Page contract signing. Uh, people, a couple of blokes on Twitter, are you going to cry about this contract signing? Well, no, you moron. You don't complain about something that they rarely do. You complain when they do it every other week. This was a good contract signing, and it ended with the cameraman. Speaking of, uh, this was not actually uh, Survivor Series 97, but it was the build to Survivor Series 97 when they did the uh, gimmicked uh, camera operator to open the door for Helen Cell to lead to... Undertaker and Shawn Michaels getting out, which actually made sense. And uh, they, the cameraman here ends up being Don Callis, and he waffles Hangman Page with the camera. Hangman's bleeding all over the place. Uh, Omega gets his blood and signs the contract. Total old-school, simple, contract-signing heat angle. I thought this show was great. Great go-home show. You know what's really? weird about it, too? One last thing, Mike. What's that? They had a go-home show a long time ago. I think it might have been one of the early go-home shows from one of their early pay-per-views. And it was like no wrestling to speak of that was any good. It was all video packages, all angles. And you want to build up your pay-per-view with video packages and that sort of thing. But it didn't feel like a dynamite show because there was no good wrestling. Well, they learned their lesson. This was like a great go-home show. There were angles, video packages. And also, this was one of the best wrestling dynamites in a long, long time. Just a, a great go-home show. I thought so, too, and they did all that without giving away a big match. You know, if you think about it, yeah, you started off with Brian Danielson against Rocky Romero, which for a lot of us, you know, that's a big deal for a variety of reasons. But bottom line is there was no super shiny thing on here. It was just solid segment after solid segment. Was everything perfect? Absolutely not. No, but... I mean, look how they kicked the thing off with Danielson and Romero. You got Romero and the best friends, you know, officially uh, all being uh, sucked into chaos by the decree of Kazuchika Okada. And obviously the best friends were Trent and Chuck were over there before as members of chaos. But, you know, they melded those things together. And then you get this great Brian Danielson, Rocky Romero, match, which set the tone of the show. And I think it sets the tone of where we're at in wrestling right now. The sixth woman, I thought, was it was way too much Rebel. And I love Rebel for a lot of what she can do as far as being 
you know, the comic relief for Britt Baker. And obviously she serves a lot of purposes for that company behind the scenes. But I would love to see somebody added to that package because Jamie Hayter is killing herself. Jamie Hayter takes more big bumps that I don't think people realize uh, until you see her out there actually working. I mean, she is working super hard. And I think they need another person there that gets Rebel out of the ring and allows somebody else to take some heat for Britt Baker. Maybe can even team up with Jamie Hayter, you know, on a regular basis and be somebody else there to be a heater and to, to take away some of the heat from that group. Jungle Boy Anthony Bones, again, second week in a row, Anthony Bones has had a really good match. I don't know what's going on with Max Caster when he comes off the bench, but, you know, Bones on his own, it's kind of like Dante Martin where, you know, obviously the other partner, and in Martin's case, his brother is going to come back and you're going to see him back together. You know, you're starting to see, you know, where down the line, you know, Bowen's on his own, you know, could he's got a great look. He could be something. He obviously has got the, the talk. It's about getting the experience in the ring. And he's going to continue to do that there. Wheeler Yuta takes a great ass kicking. I'm, I hope he's full time in AEW. I hope they continue to use him. He's great as a young guy. You saw his potential. You also saw him take some ass kickings in the last two weeks that have been very good, especially with a guy like Wardlow, who's green. Leo Rush and Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, Lee Moriarty, I thought was fantastic. Lee Moriarty's one of the best underrated guys in the world. He was a great pickup for them. And now you can see why him working with Dante Martin was fabulous and Mariotti's got a lot more experience than a lot of those guys do on the ground you know he the Daniel Garcia's guys like that in AEW it's great and Leo Rush I hope he's done retiring because we need Leo Rush every week doing something he's a great promo he's a great presence you want to cheer for him you want you, you can put you in a position where you want to kill him and his team with Dante Martin, I think, is, is fantastic. And I think that's great. I think Seidel with a group of Moriarty and somebody else, I think that's going to be really cool, too. Maybe it's just it's Matt's brother. I don't know. But I, I like that idea a lot, too, because the idea of the Seidels and Lee Moriarty against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, that makes me happy. Dax Harwood's one of the best. I don't know if he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm going to say he is. He's part of the, I would argue, one of the best, if not the best tag team in the world. I'm really looking forward to, you know, Lucha Brothers, which in FTR, hopefully they can get things gelled together. But Dax Harwood was amazing in this. Pac was amazing. These guys, or Pac was amazing. These guys, the the brain busters were amazing. The avalanche brain buster that Dax Harwood or that Pac used, and then vice versa with Dax Harwood. I That match was so good. Dax Harwood is so damn good, and that's not to take away anything from Pac. But damn, we see Dax Harwood just time after time after time do the small things that are just excellent, and he can make anybody look good, let alone when you got a guy with that type of level uh, in Pac. Omega and Page, I thought the contract signing was perfect. I thought it's what it needed to be. I thought Don Callis is a horrible human being. He is a scum of the earth. He is a pimple on the ass of professional wrestling. He is a huckster from Manitoba. That's just what he is. But he's incredibly great at what he does. I thought him, and like you mentioned, as soon as you saw the cameraman walk in front of the other cameraman in the ring, you knew something was up. But you're thinking, hey, that cameraman right there, he's got a goatee. What's going on there? And then you saw what happened. He lays out Hangman Page. They split him open, bust him open with the camera. Ha-ha, the big reveal. He pulls off the mustache. He pulls off the goatee. And there you go. They're signing 
Hangman Page's name in literal blood. And that was a, certainly a, a visual at the end. I'm sure some people will jump on that and they'll say they hated that, but I thought it was great. We got digs on on Ibushi or uh, about Kota Ibushi to Kenny Omega. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff I thought accomplished last night, and some of the stuff that was not perfect was still really good. And we're not even – we haven't even brought up some of the video packages like Eddie Kingston and, and CM Punk, and they had to pull apart in the parking lot, which led to a great visual of Eddie Kingston breaking away and trying to make his way across the parking lot at Punk. We had the MJF Darby Allen promo that I thought was very good. So there was a lot of – Great stuff in the close to this show leading into this pay-per-view. Mike clearly did not want me to talk about NXT. <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody well, does. too bad. I'm going to do as much as I can here. We oh. had an opening match with Toxic Attraction out there versus Caden Carter, Io Shirai, and Casey Canzaro. <laughs> they missed every spot they tried. I shouldn't say that. You're getting ratioed they, right they now. They botched one spot after another. We had Kaylee Rave beating Sarai. For those Ooh. of you that had high hopes for Sarai, I did. your hopes dashed. They didn't do anything they with are. her. Joe Gacy beat Boa via DQ when they've given him the Fiend's red light gimmick. That was horrible. Oh, Creed Brothers beat Jacket Time because, of course, they did. We had Cameron Grimes beat Rue Feng. Who? He was short. Sola Sokoa beat Grayson Waller in LA Knight. And uh, Electra Lopez beat Erica Yan. Bro. This is the worst squash match I've ever seen. I wish I could talk more. I can blame Mike for this, everybody. Back with Michael Kingston. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Very happy today to be joined by Michael Kingston. we got a lot to talk about, including Headlocks, Tales from the Road, Volume 2, which is finishing up its final day on Kickstarter here today. And if you hit my, <clears throat> my Twitter, at Brian Alvarez, I've got a link up there for the Kickstarter. And I believe you've made... Uh, $350 during the show alone so far, so it's rocketing past its goal. 
of uh, $14,500. You've, you've basically doubled the goal. Michael, how are you doing today? Uh, doing really well. I mean, it's uh, Kickstarters are uh, an emotionally grueling exercise, so 30 days, 30 days of it, I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know this, uh, this Kickstarter gimmick here, if you have like a, a GoFundMe, it's like you just get the money, right? But Kickstarter, if you don't reach your goal, you get no money. Yeah, it's more Kickstarter is more for creatives to fund creative projects for somebody like me. That's like a, a double independent. You know what I mean? Obviously, we're not sponsored by Marvel or DC. I mean, I, I publish these out of my house. You know, this is like a pre-order for us. This this enables us to sell enough books to be able to fund the production of it because comics are expensive to make. Now, when you say you you publish this out of your house, I mean, have you have you invested in a giant printing machine or or is it more? You know, you send the files to somebody else, and they they print it up here for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I work with a printer. Um, I work with a printer in Nashville. That's uh, it's been very good to me the whole time. I've been really lucky in a lot of instances, just with people that sort of believe in what we do and that have helped us, you know, grow along the way. And uh, I mean, I think uh, it's been really good. This is our sixth uh, our sixth trade that we've put out. Um, we've got like forty collaborations with different wrestlers. Um, we're uh, you know we keep growing, so uh, you know little by little. That seems like a a silly question, but I mean, when I did Figure Four Weekly, you know, I I for a while there was was like doing the math, like should I buy like a really big copying machine here because it's very expensive to to print things up, and I was doing black and white, and maybe I wanted a, a front page that was in color, but uh, these things are not cheap. So when you do a a Kickstarter here, I mean, are you how does it work in terms of do you presume, okay, I want to print at least this many books because if I print this many books, I only have to pay this amount per book. Whereas if it's a smaller number, your print your your costs are significantly higher. How do you do the math to figure out what the goal is and how many you're going to print? Um, I mean, you really you really there's really no way of knowing because you don't know what people are going to back for. I mean, you want to keep it I try to keep it tight just spatial concerns in my house and you know, overhead um so I, I'm lucky now, like, you know, back in the day, you used to have to print thousands and thousands of copies of stuff. But now with like short run printers, there's affordable ways to print things in lower print runs. So you don't necessarily have to print 10,000 of something. Um, and I've done I've, I've done big runs where, you know, we've printed like 7,500, um, you know, and they have to use an offset printer, which is a different animal. But, uh, you know, a lot of times we just use um, a digital printer, which is able to, you know, turn things around a little bit quicker. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine ever wanting to, to, to be more involved in the production of it just because, I mean, I've got two more, I have two titles right now. We have Headlocked and then we have Tales from the Road and then I'm trying to get two more off the ground. I wrote a movie, um, that we're trying to get made. So it's actually not about wrestling. It's a horror movie, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Like I have no time as it is. Like I don't have another minute. Like I'm literally writing a script for for next month's uh, Tales from the Road, and I'm literally doing it a page a day. Like, I'm getting a page to the artist so he can stay moving. Like, that's how exhausting sort of it is to do all of this and work full-time now, and beat the Kickstarter drive. I, I do have to jump in very quickly. Your, your horror movie, I mean, if this gets funded and ready to go, I mean, will you be hiring wrestlers? Because this seems to be a lot of their forte. Um. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I think we're going to try to make it a comic book first. Um, there's definitely scenes set for wrestlers. Um, it's set at a, it's set at a convention. Um, 
So there's definitely uh, there's parts written for wrestlers, um, but it's uh, it's actually a little more cosplay oriented. So uh, you know, having a foot both in sort of wrestling and comics, the you know this is sort of indulging the comic side more. I, everything's got a little inf- of both influences, but this is a little more comics heavy than uh, than wrestling heavy. So you know, it's so much to talk about, especially when it comes to the the books themselves, but. I guess my first question is, if somebody were to go to the Kickstarter, they're going to see what your goal was, and they're going to see what was pledged and go, well, this this guy doesn't need my help. They've already reached their goal. So can you kind of explain why you, people are, you know, what, what they can get out of this when they, they do uh, contribute, and why should people continue to contribute right now, even though you have reached your goal, and where does that go? Does it go to other projects? Um, so yes, so there's a couple of different things. Obviously, when you exceed your goal, then you have to produce more things. So like, you know, my goal is sort of set with the overhead of $14,000 worth of books. So now, you know, I have to produce more books. So like your, your printing costs go up. Um, you know, thankfully my art costs don't go up. But, uh, one of the things that we've done for this campaign actually is, uh, so we, uh, we have three covers and one of the covers that we did for the, for the campaign was a, uh, a Danhausen cover that was sort of inspired by the first Creepshow movie poster. And that was uh, supposed to be an, ex- ex- an exclusive for the campaign. And then, you know, I've known Danhausen forever since like, you know, pre-makeup Danhausen. Um, and uh, I mean, he's a good friend of mine and, you know, he got hurt in on uh, Halloween in Tennessee. So now what I'm doing, we're over our goal. So I'm donating like anything we get, anybody who backs for the Danhausen cover, you know, every copy of that, the proceeds, the entire amount of profit for those covers are going to go directly to him and his uh, his medical and recovery fund, which is a little unusual for this particular campaign. But that's uh, that's something that we're doing. The cover's awesome, and it's only going to exist as part of this campaign. So it's going to be collectible. You know, I mean, there's only going to be, a, you know, a, some of them out there, you know, not a ton of them. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, doing a good thing for a friend of the, sh- for a friend of the book. He's actually got a story in the book as well. So, uh, it's, uh, it all kind of worked out that we were able to help out our friend, um, you know, when he needed it. But also, yeah, I, I've got, uh, other projects I'm working on. Like everything with Headlocked is just, you know, <laughs> it's the, this thing funds the next thing. Like I don't take any money out of any of this because, I mean, I still work a full time job. Like my, you know, my lights stay on. I don't have to worry about that. I mean, at some point I'd like to make that transition, but right now there's just too much, too many things I want to do, too many things I want to make. And then, you know, conventions are so much more expensive. And I do try to make sure like one of the other sort of aims that I have is making sure that convention, you know, we have a good convention space and that wrestling is well represented at comic cons because it's not, it, it isn't always. So, uh, you know, we, we, we get nice convention booths and bring wrestlers to the show so people, you know, so wrestling fans can have a good experience. Just got a lot of, got our fingers in a lot of pies, I guess. Well, before Not we go any further, wrestlers. well, hold well, on, let me, just, go ahead, Brian. I just got to get this in because we've been talking now for like 15 minutes and we haven't even told people what this book is. So, uh, Tales from the Road, Volume 2, what is it? Tell everybody about it. So, uh, you know, Tales from the Road is a series of short stories that I co-create with a bunch of different wrestlers. Um, and uh, they can be in any type of genre. They're all, in theory, fictional, although some are inspired by true life events. Um, you know, we don't get into trademarks or anything like that. But uh, this particular book has 12 stories. Um, 
you know, we did a, a story with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, Thunder Rosa, Crime Time, Dan Housen, Frankie Kazarian, Danny Limelight, uh, John Morrison, Pentagon, AJ Styles, Jeff Cobb, Effie, and Rob Van Dam. Um, so they're all they're all different types of stories. They're all different genres, um, but they're all real fun. And uh, I think uh, I think people that like wrestling and like comics will uh, will really like what we do. Bro, this book is the the legit forbidden door. I mean, how <laughs> for, for sure? We, I mean, uh, I've tried to. I mean, I think you know many people have tried to deal with WWE before. And uh, how did how did you swing this? I'm, I've been really lucky. I mean, some of these stories are, were produced before people were under contracts. Um, some of them are, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I don't know, sometimes I think because, you know, Jerry Lawler does all the covers to my books. I feel like to a certain extent people leave me alone, but also like I think that I don't know if I'm small enough to stay off of people's radars. I'm not really competing with anything. You know what I mean? I'm not selling T-shirts. I'm not selling anything that WWE is selling. We try not to get... Uh, wonky into people's trademarks and stuff or likenesses. So I think in, in a lot of ways, it just sort of dodge everybody's notice, like in terms of the copyright trademark type people. But I mean, there's, there's a whole, I could write a whole book on how all these things come together. Um, so, I mean, for instance, the, the crime time story was probably the last thing that, you know, that Shad did creatively before he passed away. Um, he was an OG supporter of my book since the very beginning. And, uh, I got to edits for that story three days before he died. Um, and like, I, lo I love that dude. He was the, one of the best dudes ever. Like, not even just in like wrestling, but just like in life, like just a great, great dude. And, uh, I was really glad that we got to, to put something together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the sort of the behind the scenes stuff can be a little crazy. <laughs> I presume you you read JTG's book. Yes, that was a great book. Like nobody ever talks about it, but that was a really good book. Those guys were. I mean, I've done a ton of shows with them, and they're so much fun to be around. And uh, I mean, I don't know. They. Uh, I don't. I don't think they ever really got their uh, their sort of full potential, reached their full potential in the in wrestling. And they were. Uh, you know, they were starting to sort of pick up on the indies a little bit and do some fun stuff. I know they've done some fun things for, you know, what was going to be that the gray sweatpants battle royal, and they just uh, they were uh, they were real, real good dudes, man. I mean, the is best. It, yeah, obviously, it's like a, a parent. You know, I, I don't know how you can choose between your children, but when you look back at some of these covers, and people can see them when they go to the Kickstarter page. There are memories for me, whether it be the Reservoir Dogs takeoff, whether it be the the battle for the PWI Cup from the UWF way back in the day, the New Yorker styles of the covers. Are there any that have been better received than others or that you've loved more than others? What has that been like? Because I, you know, when you look at them, they're, they're just so fantastic. So are there any that you like more than others or, or how does that work? I mean, I love them all, honestly, but like my, obviously my favorite, I think my all time favorite cover thus far is the one that we did for, uh, part two of the last territory. Um, it's, it's Jerry's cover that he did. It's a, it's a sort of an homage to the Saturday evening post cover where little kids at the chest of drawers and he's got the, the, the Santa suit. He realizes that his dad is Santa Claus. And he's got that shocked look on his face. 
we sort of adapted that to where the kids found like a lucha mask and some boots. Um, and, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's funny because, you know, Jerry, Jerry loves Norman Rockwell and he loves art. Um, it's always weird to have like a different relationship with people than I guess, you know, everybody just kind of knows Jerry for everything that he's done in wrestling. But to me, like he's just a big art nerd. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he loves Christmas too. So like, you know, he was super, you know, you can tell he was super inspired to put this thing together. And like, I mean, I fell in love with it, like the minute I saw it. So, I mean, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely one. And, um, there's a ton of them that are probably, you know, one a, <laughs> you know, we got about a minute here, but, uh, you are $1,453 away from doubling your goal. And how does this compare to previous Kickstarters? We've been in the 20s. I think the last Tales from the Road, we're a little bit above where we were from Tales from the Road Volume 1, which is what we want. You just want to grow. And honestly, like, the money isn't really what I'm really super concerned with. Like, I don't need people to show up and drop, like, a, you know, drop a bunch of money on it. I just want people to want to read it. You know what I mean? Like, this thing's a labor of love. It's taken me 10 years to get here. I mean, it's, I, you know, killed myself to make these books. And all the wrestlers that are a part of it, like, you know, they're excited about wrestling and comics and stuff. It's definitely a project made out of fashion. I just hold that thought real quick. We'll uh, talk a little bit more after the break. Stick around, everybody. Observer Live. Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Mike Kingston as well. His Kickstarter, Headlocked Tales from the Road, Volume 2. I presume if you go to Kickstarter and type in Headlocked, you'll find it. You can also go to my Twitter, at Brian Alvarez. I've retweeted it. Link up there. Final day, the project ends funding at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern today. So don't sit there and go, ah, I'll throw in some money tomorrow. Today. It's the last day. And, Michael, let's get some some plugs in for the Kickstarter and anything else you've got out there. Um, yep, yeah, all of our uh, social media is headlockedcomic.com. Um, it's all me, if, you know, that's who you're dealing with if you're if you're on there. And uh, yeah, we've got till 8 o'clock with the Kickstarter. So uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a cool book. The Danhausen cover, you can't get any other time other than through this campaign. It won't be available after that. So, uh you know, if you want to help somebody out, get yourself a collectible and get a cool comic book all at once, you know, I think uh, it's a good uh, it's a good choice. Well, you can check it out on Kickstarter.com. Everybody, Headlocked Tales from the Road, featuring Cardona and Myers, Thunder Rosa, Crime Time, Danhausen, Kazarian, Limelight, Morrison, Pentastyles, Cobb, Effie, and RVD. Check it out. And, uh, Michael, thanks so much for doing the show today, and we need to do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, of course, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mike, as always, callers to the studios, our Twitch homies. We'll talk to you again later tonight. Friday video show, AW and NXT, WrestlingObserver.com, Video.F4WOnline.com. Talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.